my dating advice to everybody is find out the value. If you're dating for marriage, find out the values of the person that you are dating more than common interests. Whether you like the right. same movies matters almost not at all. But what does matter is, do you have the same aspirations for your kids? Do you want to bring your kids up in the same way? What kind of community do you want to live in? How do you want your life together to be? And people don't even talk about these things. They just sort of fall into a relationship, live with someone for two years. And then after two years, oh, I guess we probably have to get married now. And then they get married and then it falls apart. says he thinks what's wrong with America, too many people with the 1950s mindset. Now, you could take that a lot of ways. I don't know Fred's background, but you could take that, talking about racism, mm -hmm. you can take that 1950s, a little bit of a warmongering time. We're coming, Vietnam, uh, Korea, transitioning to Vietnam. Do you think it's wise? Because I feel like we look back at the past and we become sentimental and nostalgic about those were the good old days. Mm -hmm. Is there a time in history, in the U.S., 1776 to today, that those were the good old days? No. I mean, no. They, they, I think that if, if, look, if you had to choose a time to be dropped into history, yeah. there's no question you choose to be dropped right now. Right? Well, you politically, let's say politically. But, but, let's say you yeah. could have penicillin and you could have antibiotics. <laughs> what political time do you think was the healthiest in the, was it George Washington? What, where, where, do you, where do you think it was? I think you'd have to take it along different lines because okay. obviously you can't say George Washington or you're saying okay to slavery, right? And right. you can't say 1950s, you're saying okay to Jim Crow and women not in the workplace. So what you have to do, I think, and this is what we try to do in politics, is to try and take the best of the past and then merge it with the best of, of what's going on now. Yes. And so what you would say about the 1950s is, Yes, the 1950s, no one wants the racism, no one wants the Jim Crow, nobody wants the sexism. But what we do want from the 1950s is the sense of national unity, the sense of national purpose, the economic growth curve, the idea that we all shared a, a common social fabric, or at least we should have. Right? Yeah. It wasn't extended far enough. It should have been extended to, to minorities and, and women. But, but the idea that, that America w had a moral goal in the world, and I think that's fallen away a little bit. I think that we've lost our purpose as a nation, and that's, I think, a dangerous thing. I think any nation that feels that it loses its purpose, you're in trouble. What was best politically? What would you take from the 17 or 1800s and apply to today? Well, small government I would take from the 17 or 1800s. I mean, when the, when the federal government was originally launched, remember the Constitution was controversial. Right? This is why you have the Federalist Papers. The, the Articles of Confederacy were less controversial, and it almost created an anarchic system. I like the idea of having a federal government that does nearly nothing. I, I don't like the idea of people in Washington, D.C. having all this power. If I want to do something on a local level with you know, my community, that's my job. But the idea that people 3,000 miles away who don't know anything about me, have never heard of me, don't know the names right. of my kids, those people are making those decisions, uh, that, that I despise. I, I really hate that a lot. Yeah. I, my mentor, my first mentor, Joel Salatin, is he, he called himself a libertarian. I don't think he necessarily wanted to vote for the last libertarian candidate. <laughs> but he basically said he thought it was simple. He said, look, and I had an economics professor who said the same thing. Anytime you have a complicated problem, shrink it down to a real-life situation. So if you're trying to decide what restaurant you want to go eat at, does it make sense to call your friend who lives in Cambodia and knows <laughs> nothing about Los Angeles? Or do you want to call somebody who lives in Los Angeles and be like, what's the best sushi restaurant? So he says, when it comes to curriculums of schools, can we really nationalize them? I mean, you could play devil's advocate and say, well, what you need to learn in Missouri, you need to learn here. So I want to play both sides of this. What are the things, because we, I'm kind yeah. of on your train that state, local makes sense. 
What are the things, though, that should be run by a federal, a national government? There has to be something. Military, you said. Yeah, the military, military. I mean, is the most obvious. Right? What it's else? A, a, nothing. I mean, nothing. <laughs> I mean, pretty, pretty much nothing. I mean, I think that the, okay. the, the, because I think that most of the problems that we're talking about are not solved by the federal government. They're solved by individuals. I mean, if you're talking about local education, for example, let's say that you have oh, a state or a local, oh, thank you. Let's say that you have a state or a local that is teaching stuff that you think is wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, you as a parent, it's your job then to presumably pick up your kids and move somewhere where it's better. It shouldn't be a top-down structure. It should be, I don't like it here, I'm moving. Or my friends and I are forming our own school. Mm-hmm. Right? The, the idea is that, the, the real truth is that educational failures, you know, statistically speaking, tend less to be about the educational system than they tend to be about the presence of parents in the home, how much focus the family is putting on education, which is why you see certain immigrant groups really outperforming right. based on how these immigrant groups treat education. So yeah. Korean populations coming to the United States spend an awful lot of time focusing on education. The Jewish population, when it first came to the United States, it's really fascinating when you look at the IQ studies. Uh, when, when European Jews first came to the United States, they scored significantly lower on IQ tests than the rest of the general population. And within a generation, they were scoring a standard deviation higher, which shows, number one, malleability of IQ. But second of all, it's because European Jews actually cared a lot about learning and education and growth that way. The, the point is that the decisions that you make on a daily basis are the ones that are going to change your life. And looking to the federal government to fix your problems yeah. is not only rarely a solution, it's usually more of a problem. They're taking power from you supposedly to help you. You're better off, in my view, keeping that power to yourself if you can get it. Uh, localism, I think, is more of a solution than, than the national government stepping in. Look, there are federal rights that have to be protected. So, for example, uh, the 14th Amendment to the Constitution suggests that due process of law and equal protection of the laws uh, is something that has to be protected by the federal government. So if a state decides we're just not going to let black people vote, right, right, then the federal government has to come in and come stop in that, and obviously, say, under, yeah. the, under the Constitution. But those rules are, are incredibly limited. And I think that the stuff the federal government does now, I mean, they're regulating how much water goes through your toilet. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. So... I read an interesting book, and I want to switch a little bit over to race because we're talking about tribalism, and nothing's more tribal. And so I'm somebody that's every, I'm basically, I did my 23andMe DNA test. I'm almost every ethnicity. I've decided I can make fun of everybody except Asians and Middle Eastern people. I'm 0% Asian, 0% Middle Eastern. I'm German, I'm Jewish, I'm part, I'm 6% African. So I got all Native American. So I, I can... I don't have to tread too lightly on this. Let's just be blunt about it. I think everybody who's sane agrees it has nothing to do with melanin in your skin. Black people, Latin people have more melanin because they came from parts of the world where if you you basically get vitamin D poisoning if you didn't protect yourself, a lot of sun. I don't think there's anything on a DNA level, level really different between ethnicities besides some minor aesthetic things. But are, are the cultures different in terms of is so my last name is Lopez are Latins holding themselves back by how they by how their general cultural and worldview is or I'm a six percent black I'm not really that black but are black people because if we look in the inner cities my dad's from Harlem okay it's basically black people and Latin Americans for the most part are we are is my group of people are we the sowing the own seeds of our own disaster? I mean, if, if there's a disproportionate number of people in a particular group who are not succeeding for any reason, 
one of the things that you obviously have to look at is the culture in which people are growing up. And that doesn't have to do, as you say, with race. It can have to do with location, right? There are places right. in Appalachia where there are a bunch of white people and they're really not succeeding. They're really doing poorly because there are cultural differences between Appalachia and other aspects of white America, right? You can do this in Los Angeles. Just drive to different areas with the same ethnicity and you'll see that people living in one area may differ from people in another area. The question really has to do with what is the, what are the cultural obstacles preventing your individual success. And I think there are cultural obstacles that differ based on less race than, what than, would be than community. One? You, you mentioned having kids before, before you're married. Yes, yeah. so that's, that's an obvious one. So that, that, and that's been growing in every ethnic group, right? So the fact is that in 1960, 20% of black kids in the United States were born out of wedlock. Today, it's over 70% of black kids are born out of hmm. wedlock. The single greatest intergenerational predictor of poverty is being born into single motherhood. That's not hmm. suggesting that you can't succeed if you have a single mom. I was born mom. a single mom. Right, so yeah. I mean, uh, you're an obvious example. But it is an obstacle that you have to overcome that you don't have to overcome if mom and dad got married. And that means that you can't do anything about how you were born, but you can do something about how your kid is born. Yeah. And that means that you should get married, presumably, before you have children. Again, that's not unique to the black community. You see in the white community, the, the single motherhood rate used to be 5%. Now it's 40%. So it's rapidly huh. increased. Uh, that is not, I think, good for children, I think, overall. Uh, and that's an obstacle that you have to overcome. Right. I think that, but how do you fix it? How do we fix This is hard. You know, it, but... I, I, this is one area where I actually don't think it is. Okay. Meaning that this is the, the idea that you just have to get married before you put that thing there without that thing on it. Yeah. Right? Like, just don't do that. Like, this is, this is where it comes down to individual agency. Yeah. Right? Don't have unprotected sex if you're not going to get married to the person that you're having unprotected sex to. Like, yeah. I don't think this is too much to ask. Now, I understand. I hold myself to a, a certain moral standard. I'm an Orthodox Jew. I was a virgin until I was married, right? It's a, it's a standard that I think worked, obviously. I've been married for almost 10 years now. I have two kids under the age of four, and we're doing great. But the idea that there's something preventing you, society is preventing you somehow from making this very personal decision. Unless you were raped and had a kid, right, yeah. which is a horrific situation, obviously. But if, if you were just having consensual sex with someone, got pregnant and had a baby, then I'm not sure how that's anybody else's fault except for the two people who are involved with that situation. And the only way to solve that is to have people make more responsible decisions. I mean, just as who, whose fault is it if you don't save for your retirement? I mean, yeah. it's your fault if you don't save for your retirement, right? It's your money. What did you do with the money, right? So the, I think that the more we devolve agency to the individual. The more we say, listen, make good choices, you personally, right? Forget about culture, forget about what, what society says for you. Make decisions that are going to make your life better. The more people will do it and the, and the better they'll do. I think it, saying that these decisions are difficult actually does a disservice to, to people. So if you're interested in Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and want to learn how to make money with Bitcoin, I'm opening up a brand new Bitcoin crypto academy for you. Crypto is starting to fundamentally change everything from currencies to the very structure behind the Internet. And if you don't understand it, you will be left behind. Remember, if you had put $100 into Bitcoin in 2010, you would have over $100 million right now. I don't want you to miss out on the coming opportunities offered by Bitcoin in the cryptocurrency space. So I brought in the best experts in the game, the people that are teaching me and training me. And I'm going to share that with you because it's not too late to understand Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and the blockchain and to make money with it. So to sign up for my new Bitcoin Crypto Academy and learn how to invest, how to make money in this new exciting space, I'm gonna open up room for a few of you to have early access to the new online mentor mastermind. So go to tylopez.com slash Bitcoin podcast to learn more. So I'm testing the mastermind. So I'm just gonna let a few of you in at a low price and uh, it's already filling up quickly. So if you want to get in, I'll let a few of you in. So go to tylopez.com slash Bitcoin podcast, all one word, 
kylopez.com slash Bitcoin podcast. If the course is closed, when you get to the page, put in your name in the waiting list. You missed out on the first round. Uh, and if you see it, welcome to the group. I'm glad you didn't procrastinate. Okay, back to the show. Ben Shapiro here on the show. And look, we're talking oh, about wow. politics and racism. And Maya is breaking <laughs> it up with, it's birthday your birthday. Cake. Wow. Okay. Yeah, Boom. It's on fire. Woo. Happy oh, 21st almost. birthday. <laughs> <laughs> wow. There you go. We do want a piece. Everybody wants I'm to good, stop thank it. You. Happy birthday, dear Ben. Wow. I'm not going to sing this on camera. <laughs> bad voice. I have to admit, this is not how I saw my birthday go. There you go. Well, that was that was that was good. People said, "Ha ha!" Somebody said, "Happy birthday to you." Um, okay. Now all the happy birthdays are okay. It's Some people get married and have a child, and it doesn't work. I took caution. Mm-hmm. So this person, she says, "I'm a single mother. I don't think one could choose it, even if one gets married. The divorce rate is as high." So what she's saying, Candace Hoskins is saying, "You're right." You should be married, but half the people get married end up divorced yeah. or more. So it's you're back to being a single. My mom was I, so my mom was a single mom, but she was married when I was born, mm-hmm. and then they were divorced. So I ended up a single. Do you think divorce is just as big a problem as kids out of wedlock? Well, I mean, statistically speaking, it is not. But the but okay. I think that we have also changed our definition of what marriage is for, and I think that this has a serious ramification for the society. I think that you know when you get married in. I'll put it in sort of my traditional religious context. When you get married in a traditionally religious circle, the whole point of getting married is the production and rearing of children, it's, it's le- which is why arranged marriages are still a big thing in many parts of the world, which is not a good thing, but it is a thing. And I think the reason for that is because the focus of marriage was having kids and raising the kids. And now the focus of marriage has basically been the same as the focus of living together. Are you in love with the person? Do you love the person? Do you find yeah. companionship with the person? And you can do all those things without getting married, right? The whole point of getting married, the reason society has an interest in marriage at all, is to make sure that there's a mom and a dad in the home. And this is particularly true for teenage boys, right? Teenage boys without a dad who's present all the time. I mean, I was a teenage boy. Boys tend to, you know, they, they tend to either create or destroy. And yeah. without some sort of militating influence against what I think the left would call toxic masculinity, right, men tend to be, tend to lose their boundaries. So, yeah, divorce is a major problem. I think it's a separate problem from single motherhood, but I think that has to do with how we perceive marriage. If, if you think of marriage, now dating advice, but I think that you know, my dating advice to everybody is find out the value, if you're dating for marriage, find out the values of the person that you are dating more than common interests. Whether you like the right. same movies matters almost not at all. But what does matter is, do you have the same aspirations for your kids? Do you want to bring your kids up in the same way? Do you, what kind of community do you want to live in? How do you want your life together to be? And people don't even talk about these things. They just sort of fall into a relationship, live with someone for two years, and then after two years, yeah, well, I guess we probably have to get married now. And then they get married, and then it falls apart. Yeah. Now, literally on my first date with my wife, you know, this is not typical, but on my first date with my wife, we talked about free will and determinism. Really? <laughs> because, yeah, because the idea was what a wife you have uh, she, I once she's went on a date with a girl in LA and I said I have to go to Miami and she goes what's that I said <laughs> Miami the city she goes I've heard of that before isn't that in Northern California and now you've been married for five years no, 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 no. <laughs> so that's a good if, if your prospective future wife asks you about free will and determinism this is much better than if your first date goes Where's a large city? I've never heard of it. <laughs> she was a product of the LA, LA school system. LA USD right Let's there. Let's talk about school because, like, 
I talk a lot about what's wrong with the education system. One of the things that I think is wrong with the education system, I do, I'm interested in cryptocurrencies, but also mm-hmm. the blockchain, which is really a tool to decentralize things. Joel Salatin, my first mentor, said, we have the same education system. If you got a time machine, went back to pre-Germany, Otto von Bismarck, late 1800s, they were teaching a system that created robots and created soldiers, and that's what they wanted, people who obeyed. Everything else has gotten better. You don't travel by steam engine anymore. You don't put leeches on your body if you're sick. We have penicillin. We have all, but we haven't, if you go in the classroom, it's basically hasn't changed. And part of the problem, Joel Salton told me, is a few bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. decide what you need to learn. Well, do we need to only learn what the hypotenuse of a triangle is in the year 2018? What about learning how to use Excel? Yeah, learning I mean, how to buy a house. What do you? What's your take on education? Or what What's wrong in America? So I think that the, the the biggest thing that's wrong with education, I agree, is is a certain level of centralized control. Yeah, I, I skipped a couple of grades when I was growing up because the system couldn't handle me being in a particular grade. So I had to end around the system, and it was only because I had a principal who didn't care about ending around the system. I was able to do that. I was in public school when I was in third grade, and she said, "You're you're beyond this. Skip third grade." But we had to game the system basically in order to do that. Yeah, I think that. As uh, there's no reason why education has to be done the way that it's done. I mean, everything is so decentralized now. We should be able to personalize educational programs to nearly every kid. Now, you don't necessarily have to do it when kids five. Right? Right. When kids five, you still have to learn how to read. You still have to right. do basic arithmetic. But by the time the kid's 11 or 12 years old, the idea that everybody has to be learning exactly the same thing is really yeah. stupid. And then the idea that everybody has to go to college, regardless of what your major is, is yeah. also incredibly stupid, right? Like, my wife had to go to college because she's a doctor, so she was actually studying actual things in right. college. Right. I had a poli-sci major at UCLA. Right. You're telling me I couldn't have gone straight to Harvard Law School and studied law? Like, I, I needed those four years of learning nonsense in poli-sci right. and just going into debt in order to do that. Like, that, that the, the idea that— So, would, in hindsight, would you have skipped, right, and gone straight to law school? Yeah, I mean, frankly, I think that, they, I think that law school should be skipped and you should go straight to an apprenticeship. I think yeah. that, 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 that actually is the way people used to get jobs. I mean, yeah. you know, once, once you have a job, the, the way people do their jobs is they actually go in and work at a job for a year, and that's how you yeah. get good at the job. The, no one is qualified coming out of college for yes. anything. 